Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Strength and Speed owner, Evan Preparis. Brenda is not joining us for this episode, but we do have another guest. Before we get to him, though, a quick word from our sponsors. So this episode is brought to you by Dry Rope. If you're unfamiliar with Dry Rope, I don't know where you've been in the OCR world, but it's the most advanced changing rope, advanced changing rope and an awesome uh, thing you want to bring on every race. I know personally, every time I leave it at home, it rains, and then I regret not bringing it. Uh, great to keep you warm in the winter. Great to keep you warm when it's raining. And then also in the summer, I actually still pack it the majority of the time in my car and use it just as a changing rub. You can throw it on, essentially change right in the middle of the festival area, and there's you know you don't have to go into a tent or anything like that. It's, it's real awesome. And on top of that, you can get it customized. So you know ours, we have the CTG Pro Team logo on there and our names, uh, but I also have one that has the Strength and Speed logo. So you can get it with pretty much anything you want as long as you uh, pay that little bit extra to get the custom embroidery on it. So check them out. Dry Robe, awesome company. I'm sure you've seen it at Tough Mudder, World's Toughest Mudder, Spartan Race, OCR World Championships, stuff like that. All right, let's get to today's guest. So joining me on the podcast, I have Hubie Cushman. He is the owner slash founder of Indian Mud Run. And then on top of that, he is a, an accomplished uh, Masters OCR athlete. So he finished first and third at NORAM this past year in his age group, which was 60-plus. And then he's also finished on the podium twice, second place at OCR World Championships when it was in Canada as a 60-plus-year-old competing against 55-year-olds. So very impressive. Hubie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Evan. So we're really excited to have you on this episode. We're going to be talking about, one, you as a master's athlete, two, Indian Mud Run, and then three, if anyone's been following your Facebook feed, you've been posting a lot of pictures from the Arnold Classic where you built this awesome monstrosity for the Strongman competition, the Wheel of Pain, uh, a la Conan and the Barbarian. So I'm excited to talk about that, but we're going to save that for the end. So let's start off with Indian Mud Run. So how did this start? And kind of take me through that. Indian Mud Run was actually started, our first race was in July of 2012. And the funny thing is, uh, in 2011, my daughters got me into obstacle racing. I was doing triathlons back then and marathons. And um, I ran a warrior dash and I was hooked. Very first race, I wanted more. And the second race I ever did was the Indian Mud Run, a race that I put on. So that was my second obstacle course race. And um, Indian Mud Run came about because our local parks had a levee failure and we wanted to do a 5K or something to raise money. And we had just finished the Warrior Dash. So we thought, you know what, let's try an obstacle race. And our, our thought was the levee failure threw up a lot of obstacles for our parks and we're going to throw up more obstacles to help them out. And I never dreamed that idea would take me to where I am today. 
Yeah, the Indian Mud Run, it just looks like such a great course. It's been on my bucket list for like the last two or three years, and for some reason I always have something that conflicts with that date. So I'm still trying to get out there. I don't think I'm going to make it out in 2019, but I need to I need to bump it up for 2020. Because on one of the previous podcasts, someone asked me, you know, what, you know, if I could go to what's the one race I haven't been to that I would like to go to? And I, I broke it into short course and long course, like ultra distance. And for short course, I put Indian Mud Run. For long course, I put Fit Challenge. Uh, but yeah, looks so phenomenal. I know we've had Amy Padgett on this podcast before who talked a little bit about it in depth. But I know you've got some great signature obstacles. So tell us about some of the obstacles people can face if they come out to Indian Mud Run, which is going to be in June this year. Well, this year I'm actually uh, hoping to add 15 more. Now, some of that is people have been saying, well, you're the mud run and we didn't have enough mud. So we're going to add a few more mud pits. But um, if everything goes as planned and I have more time, I'll have a total of 75 obstacles. And that's over how long of a distance? The fire, what we call the 10K course, is actually 6.6 miles. And when I lay out the final distance, I always try to get it to come in at 6.66. And it's my definition of our hell course. <laughs> nice. I like it. And as far as you're wanting to do a long one, we do have a, a three-lap option where if you finish three laps of our course, you get an authentic American Indian made arrow. Last year, only 35% of the people that signed up for three laps, which would be about 20 miles. And last year it would have been 160 obstacles. Only about 35% were able to finish it after paying extra to do it. It's a tough course. Uh, You're going to start making me relook my race schedule and start changing things around. (laughs) So I, we all know, or well not, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people know you as Indian Mud Run's floating walls. That's been at U.S. OCR Championships. It's been at uh, North American OCR Championships. It's been at OCR World Championships. Uh, what other, other obstacles do you have on course? Well, I've, uh, I've got a few other signature obstacles from other races, like Dragon's Back, and, um, which I've got permission from, from the owners. Um, Brett Stewart's let me use my version of Skull Valley, which I call Indian Valley. Um, any obstacle that I have that's from another race, I will not use unless I have permission and, and the okay from that other race. That's awesome. I really like that. Yeah, I know some, I know none of them are, you know, they don't have exclusive rights to them, but I just feel like that's the right thing to do. You know, if there's a neat obstacle out there, I'll ask about it. And I have a lot of people asking about mine. A lot of people use my floating walls and without saying anything, nothing I can do about that. But I wish they would at least say, hey, I want to use your design. I'll give them all the all the directions on how to build it, where to get the best things. I just hope they call it the Indian Mud Run floating walls. Yeah, I noticed that the city challenge race has Indian mud run floating walls. Yeah. And that was, you know, that was with, uh, I actually brought it up to them. Um, we had talked about that. Of course I got to know LV from in Texas for the North or USA championships. And we've been working on that since then. We finally made it happen last year on my way home from Vermont. 
Are they going to have it in 2019 also? Do you know? No, we haven't talked about that. And I'm sure we will soon. Awesome. I, I think it'll probably make a few more um, races this year. I'm just not sure. It just is so expensive to move that obstacle. And, you know, in the past, I, I, until last year, I've been moving it all on my own, and I just can't keep – I can't justify keep spending the money. Um, you know, I'm not against bringing it other places, but somebody will have to pay for it. To get yeah. it moved, yeah, because it comes with all that trussing too, right? It's not just—I mean, it's not just a bunch of planks of wood with the holds on it. It's you bring the whole trussing, right? Yes, and the trussing—you know—it's just a lot of it. And the, each board weighs about a hundred pounds, and um, there's twenty-eight boards, so you know that's a lot of weight there. Yeah, no kidding. Now you mentioned it a little bit when you were talking about the founding of Indian Mud Run, but. It generates money for charity. Is that correct? Yeah, all the money goes to our park system. And we've got just a beautiful park system. If anything, the only problem is they've got about a 1,000 acres over there uh, where we do our race. And um, there's there's so much of the park that, that needs constant maintenance that, that it's a struggle. Unfortunately, this past year, they had to do some logging because of the need for money and you know, like every place else, these parks and, and city services that these cities provide, they need money to, to operate. And some of the money we raise also goes to first responders who come in and help us with race, race day, the fire departments and the police departments and things like that. Cool. Great, great causes there. Now, you're, you're retired. Uh, is that correct? Yes, I retired a couple years ago and... And uh, I always thought I'd have all kinds of time to do things when I retired. And I'm busier now than when I worked. <laughs> and um, I always heard people that retired tell me that. And I thought they got to be kidding. And now I know. So, so what did you do? before? busy. What did you do before you retired? I worked at AK Steel. We made stainless steel um, that you see on your refrigerators and washing machines. And gosh, little bit of everything. Um, any of your hypodermic needles came from AK steel, this stainless steel. Um, it, it was a fun job. I enjoyed it, but uh, it was time to get out of there and move on with my life. Has the experience you had from that helped in developing obstacles and building things? No, it was completely different. You okay. know, I, I, I actually, I, I sat in front of a you know, computers and put data in and um, I worked about 10 minutes and I sat for about three or four hours and it was boring really, but I worked a lot of overtime. So that helped me get out of there early. That's not too bad. But I've always, I've got, I own houses, rental properties, and I've always liked to work on building things. I've always liked to compete and I love our park system and I've always loved to give back to the community. So Having the Indian mud runs allowed me to do all the things I love all in one. That's absolutely great. And I mean, you can really hear your passion for the sport coming through. So let's talk a little bit about you more as an athlete. So what was your athletic background? I know you mentioned you you did some triathlons and marathons before you got into OCR. Have you been like a lifelong athlete or is this something you developed later in life? I was an athlete back in high school and my first year of college, but kind of got out of it for a while. Um, When I was in high school, I was 
a pretty good wrestler. I went to state, was undefeated until the semifinals. And I think that wrestling background has really helped with obstacle racing. And also, I remember back in 74, 73, my father taking us out to the Grand Tetons to go to a climbing school out there and learn to climb. And then we spent a couple of years climbing in West Virginia and Wyoming and places like that. So the rock climbing and the wrestling were big early in my life. And then I got out of it when I was working so much overtime. And when my father passed away, he had, um, he had got me into a few 5Ks and he promoted them around our town. And, he, and w- I was born in Boston. My father was from Boston. And he always talked about running the Boston Marathon and when my father passed, I thought, you know what, I'm going to try to qualify and go to the Boston Marathon in his honor. Well, I've run four marathons and qualified every one of them, but I have yet to get in. Are you serious? The first time I waited too long and it filled up before I registered, I could have got in. The second time is when it got so crowded that they started they took anybody that qualified and went from the fastest time is up until they got full. The second time I missed it by one second. Oh, man. And then I, I've missed it by a minute here or there, but I, I have yet to get in and I've kind of given up because that's a lot of hard work. And my passion is really all oration. It, it's what I love. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan. So I got, I ran it in 2011 and like the year, I think it was like 2012 or 13, they started introducing that rolling uh, time where they start from the fastest time and work their way back. And I don't know, like the amount of effort I had to put in to train up and qualify at the time, I'm not a big fan of the way they, they do entries now because you know, they do do a lot of charity work, so they have a lot of charity spots that you essentially can buy your way into the race. But there's a lot of people who are training and qualifying that are getting, like you, that are getting bumped off, so... And I was born like five miles from the finish line and I can't get in. That's crazy. That's crazy. But anyway, if you do ever get a chance to run it or any of the listeners get a chance, such a, it's a great marathon race. I mean, there's, I mean, as you know, because you've, you've lived so close to it, there's people lining the road for 26 miles and it's a point to point course, which, you know, I mean, there's, it's just like an insane number of people. So, yeah. And I have a lot of family back there, so it would be really special to me. Okay, so you got it. Before we get more into this, there's a few other things, you know, you wanted to talk about the Indian Mud Run first that I wanted to bring up. Um, The biggest thing I'm excited about is our registrations are, uh, compared to this date last year, we're up 370%. Oh, wow. And I think a major uh, thing with that was – we decided to do a team competition this year. And what we're going to do this year is if you enter as a team, it doesn't matter how many people are on your team. We're going to take the seven fastest uh, or highest places. And that's your team score. And instead of doing the seven fastest, I've got 20 different age groups, 10 men, 10 women. If you get first place in any of the 10 age groups, you get one point towards your team. And we're going to do it like a golf score. If you get second place, you earn two points. 
So the lower score wins. And this gives people a chance that are on a team like, uh, like right now our two biggest teams are Spartan 4.0 and Steel City Spartans. They're both into the 30s now. If um, somebody on their team goes to all their events, they're not the fastest person but they may win their age group in the 55 and older or the 20, uh, you know, 19 to 24, something like that. They're going to add as much to their team with the first place in that age group as the fastest person on the whole course that comes in first and say a, a 34 to 39 or whatever. So it's, it's a chance to give a team, everybody on that team, a chance to contribute. And right now we're sitting at 22 teams entered. Oh wow, that's re- that's a really cool concept. I really like that, especially that the fact that you're taking seven times because that means I mean the teams have to roll deep because you can't like if you only show up with six people, I mean you're leaving points on the table. Or if you only show up with you know if, if you if you show up with seven and someone has a bad race, you know that's uh that's going to affect your total score. So yeah, and I wouldn't doubt if we have a few. I think I'm. S- starting to see some familiar names on a couple of teams that aren't um, teams that you hear of as far as name wise is uh, somebody can put a all-star team in with eight or nine people and they might win it against say a Spartan 4.0 that, that has such a huge team. Right. Um, and it's going to be kind of a chess mess there to see people that might be recruiting somebody and, in one of the older or younger age groups that may not be the fastest, but they'll win their age group. So it's going to be a fun concept and I'm excited to see how it'll turn out. Um, it's only going to be for people that are in either pro or age competitive. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Sounds like a really cool concept. Any other big plans from Indian mud run this year? Well, I've got two really big possible events that I'm working on that I can't, say if one of these comes true i'll be i'll be the happiest guy out there if they both come true this will be an event that people will be talking about for a long time and i'm i I feel pretty good about one of them the other one's kind of i'm not sure about um but i'm I'm working really hard our whole team is working really hard to make this very uh, a very enjoyable race this year um with all the new obstacles we're adding um We've got great uh, awards. All our awards are American-made, um, authentic American Indian spears, tomahawks, and arrows. Um, like for on the three-lap challenge, all you have to do is finish it, and you earn an arrow, and they're really cool. Um, when you're done, we've got a, a local craft beer supplier that's going to have awesome beer there at the finish line. And we're even working on something that it might not be all official, but we may have some beer bands for an after race uh, beer event with a few different obstacles. <laughs> it will be something that the video of this will be posted all over the place. Cause if, if this happens the way I envision it, it's going to be a, a thing of beauty to watch. It'll be very comical. Yeah, it sounds sounds very interesting. I'm uh, I'm I'm very interested in seeing how this plays out. <laughs> but let's go back to you as an athlete, right? So, you know, as you've started getting into marathon running and then transitioned to obstacle course racing, 
you know, have you had, like, what have you done to change your training and adjust it? Well, I've always been blessed to have good grip strength and upper body strength, but where I've struggled is the running. And, uh, you know, it's funny as I got out of the triathlons and the marathon and in my running suffered, you know, running in uh, on trails is a lot different. A lot of people don't realize how hard it is, all your stabilizer muscles. And I started in the last few years just having all kinds of injuries. Uh, I, I tore a hamstring. I've got a torn meniscus. And they're both on the same leg, so I don't know if it's just overcompensating or what. But, um, you know, that's what I'm trying to do every year, and it seems like an injury pops up, is to work on my running. And then about the time I get my running turned around, I'll probably start losing all my upper grip strength. But I don't know. It's a struggle when you get up in age, and I'm sure all the guys my age will, will attest to that. Well, that was going to be my next question. You know, as you've aged, what have you had to change in your training? Like, have you had to scale back the mileage or, you know, put more emphasis towards strength training or something like that? Well, I, I've been trying to um, be careful on my miles and I'm using a heartbeat or heart rate monitor, trying not to overtrain. And um, my problem is I'll get busy and before I notice, it's been two or three days. Then I go out and try to run real hard. And I'm, it's it's very difficult to get away from that. I, when I get out there and run, I want to run hard. And um, that's, that's my biggest problem is figuring out how to train hard enough to see results, but not too hard that I get hurt. And um, especially now with this meniscus tear, it's, if, I, if I do too much, it bothers me bad. That's what knocked me out of the world championships this year. I, my knee locked up on me. So, ah, okay. Well, well, based off your race resume, I th- I still think you're crushing it. So, you know, if I'm your age and still doing as well as you, I'll be more than happy. So, um, definitely give every one of all the younger guys some some goals to shoot for and uh, something to aspire to be as we as we get up there. So, you know, great job. Well, great job. I'll tell you, as an older guy and. I hope all you uh, guys that are maybe 10, 20 years younger than me as you come up, believe me, it's so important uh, to stretch, to warm up. Um, I can trace some of my injuries, the torn hamstring for getting into a sprint on concrete and work boots without a warm up. And, and I went down like I got shot. And, um, you know, it was stupid. You do stupid things when you're younger, you can get away with it. But when you get older, if you don't warm up, if you don't, you know, cool down and stretch and do those things that everybody tells you to do, you're going to pay for it. Yeah, definitely some good advice there. And it's a lot easier, I think, to continue to do those things if you build a habit when you're young versus being like, oh, I'll just worry about that when I get older. You know, if you build that habit when you're young, it just continues and you'll keep doing it without thinking versus having to consciously make the change as you as you get up there. Yeah, I agree. Um, I still haven't got the habits like I should. I still don't warm up like I should all the time and stretch as much as I should. And then the bad thing is now that I haven't been running, I'm gaining weight. So I'm about eight pounds over my racing weight. Gotcha. So I, I got to get I got to get to work. I, I feel like going out and running right now. <laughs> so we'll see you at Indian Mud Run this year. 
we'll see you at North American OCR Championships, I'm assuming. Uh, where, where else can we see you either as an athlete or as build crew uh, this year? I'm not sure as far as build crew right now. You know, it looks like I'll be at North American Championships, but other than that, nothing's planned. I've, I have a lot of people that have touched base with me about things, but nothing's been finalized. Um, I am going to try to run more races, but a lot of that depends on my training. Um, I say that every year, and I never, I never get to run as many races as I hope I get to. Hopefully, this will be the year. All right. What ones are any specific ones you're looking at, or just kind of just keeping your eyes out? Oh, I, I love Savage Race. Love doing that. Um, not. I'd like to go back east a few of them. I'd like to try Fit Challenge. Uh, there's a bunch of them out there I want to do. It's just finding the time. Um, you know, I am retired, but I've got so many irons in the fire. It's just getting away. My wife and I are raising uh, two young boys, too, so that makes it difficult. Sounds, sounds like you have your hands full. <laughs> yeah. All right, now let's talk about the Arnold Classic. Uh, so for those who don't know, Arnold Classic, largest sports festival in the world, I believe. And yes. I mean, athletes literally from everywhere come and converge on Columbus, Ohio, in the convention center there. And, I mean, it started off as a bodybuilding competition, and it has expanded exponentially. So, I mean, there's bodybuilding, there's strongman, there's jiu-jitsu, there's, you know, uh, Michelle Warnke from the Conquer the Gauntlet Protein went up there with her uh, Movement Lab Ohio and set up a ninja course. And there's arm wrestling. It's like literally every sport you can think of is there at one time. So... You know, if you were following Hubie's Facebook feed, they built the Wheel of Pain, which is if you've seen Conan the Barbarian, it is like the opening scene in Conan the Barbarian where he's walking and pushing this giant wheel, and like he ate, they do like a time lapse and he ages. Um, so, I guess first, how did that? How did you even get involved in the Arnold Classic? Well, actually, this is another thing that. Uh, I've been very fortunate about this come about because of obstacle racing. Um, back in, um, see, we've been 16 when I started helping out with the world championships here in, in Ohio, you know, I get to know people and through that, uh, rogue fitness was looking for people to build an obstacle course for CrossFit games. And, Somehow, I'm pretty sure Garfield was behind it. My name came up as an Ohio obstacle builder. And, I, of course, I get hired with that crew of uh, people from all over, came to Columbus, Ohio, and built an obstacle course that they used in the CrossFit games. Uh, we were told they were only going to use it once and get rid of it. And actually, I was hoping I would uh, <laughs> gain possession of it. But it was so popular that first year in CrossFit that they used the second year. Then last year when we took it down, it was in Madison, Wisconsin, they told us they were going to use it a third year. And just recently I heard they're not. So they've got a beautiful set of obstacles that we not only built, but we sanded them down, routed the edges. I mean, it was done first class that uh sitting in a warehouse in columbus and uh, i don't know what's going to happen to him but uh 
is through that, through getting involved with Rogue Fitness, uh, basically the group of guys that get together that work on the Indian Mud Run have been going back the last couple of years and doing work for them on the obstacle course. And now this year, in January, early January, we get a, a text from, from Rogue and a picture of the Conan the Barbarian or Wheel of Pain with the question, can you build this? And of course, who's going to say no to that? I know how rogue is and when they do something, they're going to do it first class. So uh, we went up and met with them and um, we were all on board, the guys from the Indian Mud Run crew. And um, so we started in January cutting logs and um, it took us a month and uh, it was more involved than I thought, but it turned out so much better than I thought it would. It was just an amazing piece of equipment that I'm sure we'll see again. And it will be on, uh, I think it's CBS, May 5th. They're going to be televising the Wheel of Pain competition for the Strongman competition. Oh, nice. That's good to see them get some TV coverage. I mean, typically only World's Strongest Man gets coverage, and the Arnold Classic gets kind of left out, which is which is a shame because, I mean, I, I was looking at the prize money this year, and they gave out some huge prizes this year for the Strongman. Like, it was more than the bodybuilding competition, which I don't know if that normally is the case, but... First time I've noticed it. I don't know, but the day of the, the competition, and I'm sitting there looking at this thing, and you look around, and it, that place is just jam-packed with people. And, you know, all these people see that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just so blessed to, that Rogue Fitness has brought us on and, and worked with us and uh, let, let us get involved. And... Um, it helps the Indian Mud Run crew because we get a little bit of notoriety and the quality of work we do. And so hopefully that'll carry over. Well, I know as an obstacle course racer, like it for me, it adds some pride when I see guys from the obstacle course racing community like your build crew working on the CrossFit games and working on things like the Arnold Classic. Like I find pride in that, you know, or the, you know, the recent TV show announcement for Million Dollar Mile, there's a bunch of a lot of the Spartan pros are on there. Like, I think that's awesome for the for OCR as a whole. And I, th- you know, again, personal pride I find, um, like being associated with obstacle course racing and seeing seeing our our community reach out not just within OCR but into other categories of fitness and do great things like building this wheel of pain, which we will. I'll get some pictures from you and we'll post it to the Strength and Speed page if you haven't seen it. But it is, I mean, how big and heavy was this monstrosity? If you even know, if you can even guess, um, see, it was like twenty some feet tall, twenty thousand pounds. Gosh, and I believe thirty six or thirty eight feet wide. Jeez. Funny thing was, it was uh, they had all these uh, bearings in there, and the logs pretty much were all balanced. And when the barrels that were under it were empty, I could push that thing in a circle. But when they put just 150 pounds in each barrel, there's eight of them, I couldn't move it a foot or two. You know, just get a little bit of start and that's it. It's because the sand doesn't roll like water would to give you momentum. It falls. And each time it 
fell, it kind of stopped it. And it was just amazing how hard it became with that sand in there. Yeah, that's amazing. And these are the, I mean, the guys, the strongmen at the Arnold Classic are doing preposterous things. Like Hafthor Bjornsson deadlifted a world record with an elephant bar, you know, like a thousand plus pounds. Uh, I don't know if it was before or after that event, but I mean, and if they're having trouble like moving this thing, you know, it, it just shows you really how strong and how hard these things are. So uh, very, very impressive. None of them got as far as every, you know, all the build crew were sitting there thinking and the consensus was they'd get one and a half revolutions and it, one and a quarter wanted and only like four or five of them got that close to that. So it was harder than everybody thought. And I'm certain we'll see it again next year because they want to see these guys will go train for that and they'll be ready for it next year. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, just the the amount of time and effort you guys spent in building it, I, and how awesome it is, and the fact that it's the Arnold Classic and it's from an Arnold movie, one of his best known roles. Like, how could you not use that every year? Oh, I know, I, and I don't know what they're going to do with it. I've heard rumors, so and it may be traveling. I hope so, because I'm sure they'll be calling us to set it up again. But, but, uh, but it's been a blast. The ro- the Rogue Fitness. Uh, the owners and everybody we work with, they're just fantastic people. Anything they do is going to be top notch. You know, I knew that that first year when we worked on that obstacle course, the money they put in to making sure everything is perfect. It's just amazing. Um, and what they do and, um, love to see them get involved in obstacle racing. Yeah, that would be, that would be cool. I'm, I'm sure they they bring uh they bring some quality products and some some quality money into the sport there, so a lot of cross promotion maybe with uh, CrossFit or something like that. So who knows? Well, it, it was just cool that to see the CrossFitters doing obstacle racing. It's yeah, kind of funny, I, you know. As big and strong as some of them were, they struggled with some of those things. Um, you know, but I'm used to seeing some pretty awesome athletes out on the obstacle courses. Of course, yeah, I, I couldn't lift, lift any of the weights they lift and, and the other things, the handstands and all that. Yeah, I think that a lot of it's just specificity. You know, they don't practice a lot of those movements, so they're not they're, – they have the muscle mass to do it and the skill to do it. They just haven't been practicing. So, you know, simple things for OCR athletes suddenly for them becomes – seems very complicated, and we're like, you know – Well, we can all remember when – we first saw things like the platinum rig that were so hard that now people don't have trouble with, and it's because we practiced them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the first OCR World Championships, nine pro women made it across the platinum rig, and it wasn't anything crazy. Like, you can go back and look at pictures of it, and it is, I would call it a standard platinum rig, like nothing nothing out of, nothing out of the ordinary. It wasn't like all nunchucks or anything. It was like rings, ropes, and some fat monkey bars, and that was about it, but... And now almost everybody would make it through it. Yeah. I mean, people wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be a topic of discussion to be like, oh yeah, went through the platinum rig, blah, 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 blah. You know, it decimated the field that first year. So That reminds me of another uh, obstacle when we were talking about the Indian Mud Run, I forgot to mention is the uh, nuclear race where the world championships was this year. Um, We're working with them on obstacle sharing and, uh, 
we've got permission to, to make an exact copy of their nuclear ninja rings. So we had that last year and it'll be back again this year. So anybody that's planning on going to the world championships next year or went this past year and had trouble with that obstacle, it'll be at the Indian mud run. Cool. Sounds, sounds awesome. Anything else you want to share with us, Hubie, before we let you go? Just like, yeah, I hope more people, a lot, a lot of people talk and tell me and ask questions and they don't realize as a race director, there's so much I want to do. There's a major obstacle I want to add this year, but it all comes down to numbers. You know, if, if I don't have the people registered, you know, I'm not going to spend that extra money. But um, there's so many people that, that I expect to, to come that, that aren't registered. So register soon. Prices will be going up. Um, we, we do expect a few of our waves to sell out this year. Um, we actually had our first 5K and 10K open waves sold out. And because we have to shut our race down earlier in the afternoon because of the fire department and everything, we ended up uh, upping our numbers in each wave. Um, so they're not sold out now, but they will be again soon. Good to know. Absolutely good to know. Cool. Well, thanks for joining me. That was that was pretty awesome. Lots of good information there. Uh, before we let you go, any final shout-outs you want to give to family, friends, companies, etc.? Definitely to my wife, Dina. Um, you know, I'm all over the place. She jokes, where in the world is Hubie this year because I'm all over the place traveling. And, you know, she's usually home with the boys, so... Big shout out to Dina for putting up with me and, and the whole crew. Uh, we've got a, a great crew that do so much for the Indian mud run. And, and I hate it when I'm the one that everybody always talks about because anybody that's a race director knows it takes a whole bunch of people to put a race on. And, and I appreciate everything everybody does. Awesome. Well, Hubie, again, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for everything you do, both within OCR and, like I was talking about earlier, your reach beyond OCR. Um, I really need to make it out to Indian Mud Run. So next two years. Relap challenge. And, yeah. and I, am, I am thinking about a lot of people have been asking me. Right now it's just an endurance challenge. What I think makes it so hard is people go out, that first lap has to be in a competitive or pro wave, so they go out way hard on that first lap because just the competitiveness of them. Then those last two laps, they burn out. But I'm thinking about doing it starting before the pros and doing it as a race. So um, you have to make it out there. 20 miles on that course. If you ask anybody, uh, read our reviews on Mud Run Guide. It'll, it'll tell you it's, it's a tough course. Yeah, well, I don't think I'm going to make it out this year, though. My wife may be in labor right around that time, so uh, I don't think that that will that will go with her. <laughs> but 2020, I'm there. I'm gonna clear the schedule. I'll hold you to it. Okay. Um, yeah. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, if those of you listening, you can head over to TeamStrengthSpeed.com. Again, selling books and bleg mitts. Our bleg mitts are going fast. So for those of you who are planning on racing Toughest Mudder or any of the colder weather endurance races, I would pick those up sooner rather than later. 
same thing with Mud Run Guides Ultra OCR Bible, which is uh, I will eventually sell out. Probably will sell out within the next year. So do not wait to buy that if you're that's on your list there. So all right, we will see you. I'll see you at Noram if not sooner. And uh, yeah, thanks again. All right, thank you.